Hey everyone! Before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or, if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch, or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Thanks again for joining us today. My name is Dan Kotnick, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, each and every other. Well, usually we're on Tuesday, guys, but we got bumped back to, to Monday because... Andy kind of gets to play fast and loose with the schedule whenever he wants. But I guess when you create the damn thing, you get to do whatever you want with the schedule. But uh, it's a, your mm-hmm. regular bi-weekly Tuesday hosts, Janelle Mackey and Matt Freelich joining us today. Guys, how are you doing? Doing well. Happy to fill in for Andy and Ben. Normally I would razz them, but uh, as you said, tough to tough to really Raz the the pod father Andy Herman. So um, good, good little shakeup, little Sunday recording here. But um, nice to be with you guys again and uh, get into the off season here. Yeah, it almost like I'm glad you remembered Dan that this isn't Monday night we were recording because my schedule just seems so off with my spring break coming up and days off. And <laughs> I could have easily thought this was Monday, but yeah, doing good, enjoying the weekend, watching some. Some hockey, Dan. I know you are too. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's basically what I did my entire weekend. <laughs> yeah, we've got this this amazing outdoor game at Lake Tahoe right now between the the Bruins and Flyers as we record. Um, I mean, I, it's special for me because I'm a Bruins fan, so I absolutely love watching them get to play outdoors, which they get to seem to do every single year. Um, but I mean, just outdoor hockey in general, they keep finding all of these different places to like one up themselves like this, this Lake Tahoe thing. This is awesome. Cause it feels just, it feels like a, the most pond hockey atmosphere for, for a game, Janelle, this is our, this is our one minute of, of hockey talk on the pack a day podcast, everybody. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it is gorgeous. The mountains, I know they had some issues with it on the Saturday game where they had to postpone mm-hmm. if you were watching Eastern time. It was a midnight puck drop on the second intermission on the second period. It was about an eight hour long intermission, but it it was worth it. It seemed like it's just beautiful there. And man, I would do some things to be able to go to that game. <laughs> <laughs> and to to bring it all back to the Packers, I, I tweeted this out. Janelle, I know you saw it, but man, could you imagine an outdoor game at Lambeau Field? How have we not had this happen yet? Right. And I I had uh, seen some people who were asking who would play there because they said geographically it would make sense. Maybe Wild Blackhawks, that rivalry, but Minnesota and Chicago to Green Bay, like how would that feel? So who would play there? And I like realistically for me, I would love to see Wild Boston because my favorite team and then I do really love Boston. (laughs) Win-win situation there, but... Janelle, I won't. I won't turn that down. If that was the option, I, I wouldn't turn that down. We will make down. it happen, Dan. We will find a way, <laughs> and we'll make it happen. But I mean, if have they, they like have they had games? Have they had games at Soldier Field yet, you guys? Or that has not occurred. Janelle, did they? I think they did that, didn't they? I want to say they've had no. It's like, it like it feels like they have, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. 
I'll look it up here. I feel yeah. like they've had to have. It just that makes too much sense. There was oh, that's right. You it would uh, almost yeah they did like the Blackhawks hosting. They did. It was fourteen. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, they had um, Blackhawks, Penguins, and then there was – and the, see, this is this is what you also do because when you keep it in the Great Lakes area, you have such great college hockey in mm-hmm. in the just – just around the Great Lakes. Have You'll have Wisconsin, Michigan, or Wisconsin, Michigan State. You have a Big Ten roundabout. You can do a little WCHA and get teams like, uh, like Bowling Green um, – uh, who's the other uh, Northern Michigan Lake Superior? Like it just imagine Janelle Saturday, Saturday, a full slate of college hockey games capped off by Wisconsin, Michigan under the lights at Lambeau. And then a Sunday like noon game again. Let's I, I think it's I think it's, it has to be wild Blackhawks. If it's not wild Blackhawks, it's wild blues. And even to get like a little bit grittier, like within Wisconsin, like St. Norbert's here in Green Bay, UWSP. Okay. Uh, that's one of my buddies actually is a coach there. Like um, I know I think Eau Claire is decent from time to time, but like you could definitely get an interstate um, D2, D3 matchup. That would be that would be pretty dope. But yeah, like I don't know. Tearing up Lambo. I mean, tearing up Soldier Field is one thing because that, that field sucks. Like it just is <laughs> it, the sod and everything has always been bad. Um, I know there's been issues in the past with Lambo, and they've seemed to be able to maintain it. Um, but one of these times, I mean, one, I, I just want to have that damn cap college game here now. So let's let's get that. The, the, the and football I think game, it would but. be different too. Instead of having, because I know for concerts, are people actually like on the field for the concert? No, not for concerts. I don't think no. Or oh, for the don't. field? No, there were. Or I, I, I'm pretty they? sure there were. I'm pretty sure there was people on the field at Lambo. That's that's my sticking point. If you're gonna tear the tear up the precious sod of Lambo Field for a freaking Kenny Chesney concert, you can do it for a weekend of hockey. <laughs> and you you're can not have gonna the use it in the stands too. So you can just have the personnel like the Lambo where the turf would be. It would be the rink and um the. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Sorry. Something just popped up on my computer. Hopefully you can still hear me, but um. well, so like, yeah, no, well, yeah, I, I, I got to help out at an outdoor hockey event for like, it was like a, a week long thing um, with the minor league hockey team that I hosted. We hosted an outdoor event, three outdoor games and a bunch of college games and high school games at a, at a baseball field. And basically you time it, you time it up when you need to redo the sod on the field, there's going to be new. There's going to be a time where they're going to put new grass in at Lambeau Field. You time it up with that, and then you're not going to be using that field until July at the very earliest, maybe. You know, it, it, yeah, and it, it makes another, too much sense another to not have way it. to get revenue and bring people in and like it, travel in. So, I mean, it'd be a a post COVID thing because I'd actually like to go, but. <laughs> Yeah, that that would be the dream. Watching outdoor hockey at Lambeau Field, man. Now that we've I, lost say, our listeners, <laughs> yeah, now, <laughs> we're eight minutes in, and we've <laughs> we've only been talking about the hockey. But we brought it we brought it back to the Packer thing. I want I will say this: Mike Wendlet, uh, a guy you're with us on the podcast and everything, brought up playing a game outdoors at Camp Randall. That would be cool too. That'd be awesome. I'd love to see you a could game almost, at Camp Randall. Well, I'd love to like, see a football um, game at Camp Randall. Yeah. You could almost do like kind of like a what they do here for Hockey Day Minnesota. You could have high school come in and play the outdoors at Camp Randall mm-hmm. and then you cap it off with mm-hmm. like have the women's and then the men's and you could make a day out mm-hmm. of it and it would just be it would be awesome. Mark Murphy, get at us. <laughs> we're ready to we're ready to start making this work. My DMs are um, open. <laughs> yeah exactly hit us up mark you know where to find us at packaday podcast <laughs> at packaday podcast gmail um all right but uh seriously there, there's really we we get through that topic but it's because there's really no packer news recently to be talking about um i think like we were talking the most recent news was the packers not even officially yet hiring on uh 
you and I's offensive coordinator into their offensive staff a couple of days ago. But uh, like the cuts, the restrictions, free agent signings, like there's it's a dead period right now. We have nothing going on. Um, but if you follow the podcast JJ and you know sign, us three, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, JJ still has not signed with the Packers yet, which we all know that he will eventually. Um, us three, we, this is the part that we thrive in, right? Of the season, we do. We do. This I mean, is we, this is where we live. Personally, I rely on your creative, uh, the creativity between the two of you to come up with new stuff. And there's always we always have something, but yeah, it's uh, up until free agency gets going and then the, the draft. It's uh, we get we get these pockets here. We get to tap into our uh, semi still football Packers brain, but kind of. Sit back, relax, and just have a conversation. Well, and speaking of football, Matt, you're just coming from a Madden tournament, right? So I am. Kind of yeah. Oh yeah, we need to hear about that. <laughs> it didn't go the best. I <laughs> I didn't I didn't advance the next weekend, unfortunately. So that kind of sucks. Uh, one of the players I do coach though at Carroll University, he did advance. Um, so that's cool. I have to get him up on. I guess see who's he's playing next weekend and see what we can do on to get better. But yeah, disappointing. Disappointing. Sunday, I put a lot of time and energy into playing a virtual uh, football game. So um, it is what it is, though. Good, good, good to decompress now. But yeah, it didn't go, didn't go as we wanted. Yeah, well, congratulations, coach. We haven't really <laughs> gotten to say that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, he did, he did damn well. I didn't really do it. I mean, I've, I've definitely being a part of the team the last month or two. Um, all the guys have gotten better. Um, Danny's one of our better players, but he's even taken a couple extra steps in his uh, his game. So, yeah, it's cool. Um, but, yeah, appreciate that. I was going to say, Matt, I don't say this to make fun of you, but I need, like, mm-hmm. after the Madden tournament, like after, like, after you lose your last game or whatever, I need, like, a coach's breakdown, like an interview, like a post-game interview, and be like, uh, Matt, this is Dan from the Pack-A-Day podcast. Uh, what, did, what did you see out of there from your offense today? And I, I want you to just give like the coach speak of, you know, like, well, the X button's really sticky today. Um, you know, it, we really, really weren't hitting the bullet pass like we wanted to be, uh, you know, really kind of getting that touch pass and we really needed a little bit more oomph on it. hundred percent. I mean, it's a lot of it was uh, Patrick Mahomes just like missing some throws for me. And I don't know, just couldn't, couldn't get the, couldn't get the rollout set up like I normally would like to and didn't have time in the pocket against the Bucks or the Packers, which are more of the common teams right now. So yeah, a little disappointing. Controller was not a factor though. Controller was not a factor. Let's talk about our topic today. I say our topic, but we did not come up with it. I have to give a shout out to Chancellor Johnson, um, who Green Bay people, I'm sure, know fairly well from NBC 26 in the sports department there. He sent out a tweet, uh, I believe yesterday, just a simple question of guys that are on the roster right now for the Packers. Who do you think will be the next people inducted into the Packers Hall of Fame from the guys that are on the roster right now um i think it's safe to say right off the bat i mean well let's and he he mentioned this in his tweet rogers and adams are off the list because those are shoe-ins to uh, rogers for sure shoe-in in canton Devonte adams i think is making his push in the last couple of years to be in that mm-hmm. consideration as well so those two off the list i think too we can also if we're talking packers hall of fame right now Guys on the roster right now, David Bakhtiari and Mason Crosby are absolute shoe-ins, right? There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. And I would the see the the topic when was posed. I didn't see Chancellor's tweet. Um, you definitely can follow him at Chancellor TV on Twitter. Good, good follow. Re- recent oh, to the follow. area at NBC Twenty Six, but um, good dude, good interaction. Um, and my my when Dan posed the question, I was like, I thought it was for Canton, so I was like, well, Mason Crosby's for sure, and and I could I think you could even say David Bakhtiari to Canton as well. So it's like obviously those guys are shoe-ins for the Packers Hall of Fame, and then like embrace debate now like there's literally a, a handful of guys once you chop off the top four like i i really don't know who we're gonna select here but i, I have a couple ideas of who i'll take but I'm, I'm interested to see what you guys came came up with matt i'm i want to i want to talk about something real quick are you Let's do it you think that mason crosby is a, like a shoe-in to be a pro football hall of famer 
Um, I just think the longevity. I mean, you know what? You're. I don't know. Like, because like because to I me, guess they don't value me, kickers very well. They don't value right. kickers very. You well. have so you have to be like you have to transcend like the position yeah, yeah. almost. Like Adam right. Vinatieri is like the one that sticks out to me in recent years as a, like the kicker that would have a shot at the Pro Football Hall of Fame just because like beat writers love them. You know, if you were mm-hmm. if it was a, if it was a true meritocracy, there would be so many more kickers in the Hall of Fame because there are yeah. so many good kickers out there like Mason Crosby. But it's so hard. It's it's like it's seriously like trying to root for a third party in the presidential election, man. Like they may be really good, but it is a wasted it is a wasted attempt if you're trying to put them into the Hall of Fame. That's a good point. You you caught me. That's no, you're definitely right. And I'm trying even to think. I think was it Morton Anderson was the last one to get in. Um, I think yeah. I think and even then, right. like there, anyone like, even the last twenty years, it's like besides Vinatieri, who's a lock. Uh, I mean, like Jason Elam, does he make it? Um, Jason Hansen, and there's definitely one other guy I'm missing. But like, yeah, I don't, like I even think those Matt, guys, I don't know like if, Matt Prater could be. A, a, like a chance because just because he has the record, but like even right. then, like it's crazy that the kickers they're like the one record that they could possibly have that is, you know, one of the few records of having the longest field goal kick in NFL history. We're sitting here looking at him and being like, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe he could get in. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but but you're right. He, he's a lock to be in the Packer Hall of Fame. He's a he's an ultimate Packer. Hundred percent. Well, as is he still the leading point scorer in the franchise oh, yeah. history? Yeah. He's got oh, to be. for sure. Should be. So yeah, it's a, it's a you dunk. don't do that and not make it in. Yeah, right. Um, but David Bakhtiari is an interesting one too, Matt, because I feel like he he needs he's on like he's he's in like stage one development, right? Like he needs he needs to just keep mm-hmm. if he keeps it up for another five years at this level, and the Packers let's say the Packers win another Super Bowl. I think he's got. I think he's got a really good case to get in there, but a lot, a lot needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is. I mean, this is the premise of basically our whole, our whole show today. So, I, what we're gonna do is the three of us are gonna go around. We're gonna give three candidates from the team on the roster right now, and we're gonna discuss will they be Packer Hall of Famers. So. Um, do you guys want me to go first, or do you, does anyone want to want to take the first stab at this? I kind of want to take the first stab. I don't because I feel like you guys come. I mean, Dan especially comes up with better answers, so I'm going to go with the first one. <laughs> um, I, I don't think that's a great answer. I'm going to keep. I got. I have one. And I'm going to keep my back pocket. I'm going to get okay. out in front and just like take one away. Um, I'm just going to say Kenny Clark. I feel like just the way his his years have gone, he's been consistent. He's under contract a little bit longer than some other guys, maybe that are younger on the list that aren't officially yet. So, um, you know, he unfortunately I talk about this a lot with um, friends outside of the uh, Pack a Day podcast. That if Kenny Clark actually had some help, it would his his career would be a lot better. He would have better statistics, and he'd probably be more recognized as a top five interior defensive lineman. Unfortunately, lining up at nose tackle really does him no favors when he gets double teamed and is kind of shut down. Especially this last year, we saw how that was affected for the majority of the beginning of the year. So, um, I'm going to go with Kenny Clark right now. Young guy, still has a lot of room for growth. Um, but I think just based off of what he's done thus far, he's a younger dude. He's already on his second contract. We'll see if he gets the third one, but there's a lot of production you'd still need for him to, you know, be a, a, a for sure. I just like his trajectory right now. All right. Yeah. No, I think I think that's a good one. It's that's that's a tough one because you're right, Matt. Like if he, like imagine if Kenny Clark had been able to team up with BJ Raji for like oh, three years, mm-hmm. two or three years, or even or even Mike Daniels for an extra year or two. Yeah. Like that was a surprise. Yeah, like, cut. Keith like Mike Daniels. Or if Montreal mm-hmm. Adams was healthy, like that was supposed to be a right. huge thing yeah. too. So mm-hmm. like he had like, no. there were the opportunities and then things just kind of fell apart around him. Yeah. I just like, it makes sense. Like he's, he's a guy that if you're looking at, like if you're looking to like buy low, sell high for a stock right now, for Packer Hall of Famer, Kenny Clark is a good one because like he is 
he is just ready to break out. Like if he ha- if he plays, I don't I don't even think he needs to put up like gaudy numbers or, or you know or or even win like a Super Bowl. He he, he is already proven like right. he's one of the best defensive tackles in the league right now. If he keeps playing at this level for the next couple of years through the rest of his contract, I, I think there's a I think there's a solid chance that he makes it in. It's tough. It's tough if you don't put up the numbers or or get a ring. But um, but yeah, I like Kenny Clark. I like the Kenny Clark move. Yeah, he was also it, on my my list. Same. The one thing I will take away from him, though, is like he doesn't have this crazy personality, right? Like he's not like you brought yeah. up BJ Raji. BJ Raji is known for the pick six, known for his, his his belly dance. Like there's not a lot of stuff that Kenny Clark does that you're like, he's not a personality. So maybe that takes away a little bit from him. But I just think the youth is a huge, huge factor. And I would imagine new defensive coordinator, they would highlight one of their better players on the front seven. But we'll see. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, that that's I think you hit the nail on the head there with the the personality. That's when you're when you're just in your mind thinking about it, that kind of uh yeah. It's he it's it's not it's not a heart pick like some of them might be, you know. Um all right, Janelle, do you want to go next? Sure. So, one of my guys, I kind of wanted to go more teetering questionable ones, will they will they not? There's some obvious ones, but Okay. I went with Darnell Savage. Because, like, two years in, and for being so young, he's really started to develop, especially this last year. He has obviously shown, be ready to throw the ball to me when you're throwing it my way. I will pick it off. I will do some damage to your quarterback. So he's somebody who, if he stays playing, if he keeps going up, like, I can, you can definitely see his game has been improving, and especially just this backfield in general if they can get a couple extra guys back there to cover like the Kevin King spot, um, this defense is going to be full of guys who could be potential Packers Hall of Famers. I could have gone Jair. He might be one of your guys later, but I wanted to go more Darnell Savage. You know, two years in, I think he's already made a huge impact. Everybody like already loves him so much. So we've seen obviously crucial picks from him. He had four interceptions this year to Mm -hmm. the previous year. So he's on the rise and depending on how long he stays in green Bay, he, he could be a possible candidate one day. Yeah. I, 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 that's, that's a, that's a good, that's a good pick as somebody that could possibly be there. But yeah, I think you kind of mentioned it, Janelle, like he's still so early on in his development that, like if like again, I, I keep going back to like if I was buying stock in it, I'd be really wary about getting in because like here's what I here's what I envision because they need to fill the Kevin King spot at cornerback. You're gonna come up in a situation here in the next year or so where you're gonna make some you're gonna make some pretty drastic changes to the makeup of that defense because in like a what is it two two years two or three years Zadari Smith is going to have a new contract coming up. Kenny Clark is eating up a lot of money. Rashawn Gary is going to probably need a new deal in the next two well rookie contracts. You get about what like three more years. I, like there's going to be times like I I can, mm-hmm. I can imagine down the line Adrian Amos gets cut. Uh, you know, sort of like a Preston Smith kind of thing where it's not about production, it's about cap value. Um. And I just wonder, like, is Darnell going to be good enough to play regardless of who's playing around him? You know what I mean? Is he going to keep up that level? I think that's the biggest question for me. And I love the natural progression of this conversation because, like, taking Kenny Clark off, it's like he's already got his second deal. So, like, you Mm -hmm. look at guys like Darnell Savage, you look at Jair Alexander, it's like it's something's going to have to give, right? Like, it's either – you know, with Kevin King gone, do you value having a number one corner that you can rely on instead of being without maybe one or two in two years once Jay year's contract's up? Same with Darnell Savage, like Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, one's younger. I mean, Amos probably is a little bit more wear and tear just the way he plays the position. So it's like the the debate is like you're looking almost like two, three years down the road before they would get their second contract to see if they'd be on the team and where they would be. It's It's... 
it's a it's an interesting conversation. There's a couple guys um, on the other side of the ball too, which I think will be interesting to get into that same type of scenario. Younger guys on their rookie deals, but um, Darnell Savage, I I like his trajectory. Um, he flies around, man. Like he's so damn fast. Like that is one of his biggest assets. And I I'm very interested, just like I mentioned, Kenny Clark, to see what the uh, the new defensive coordinator does with Darnell Savage. They play him in the box more, make him a, a roamer a little bit, but. I like Darnell Savage as a, a potential Hall of Famer just because, like Janelle said, six picks in his first two years. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll say I I think, and I don't I don't say this to say that I think that he is going to be like this, but I just have I have PTSD from thinking that HaHa Clinton Dix was going to be the next you know <laughs> like Nick Collins safety back there, like the answer to the safety question, you know. Like I think I think a lot of people could say that they were calling what what they were talking about with um with Savage right now, they were saying about uh haha just a couple of years ago. You know? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. so I yeah, I agree. I, I think it's it's too early to tell right now. He's projecting in the right direction. I think I think all the people that we're talking about are projecting in the right direction, but it's all about are they going to be able to keep it? And Savage for me is a big question mark if he can produce at the level where we start putting him into uh the Hall of Fame level. Not to say that they won't be good, but Hall of Fame level is what we're obviously what we're we're looking for. I'll I mean I'll say Oh, yeah, hundred percent. That's the point of this conversation is just it's not serious. Right, right, you know, right. it's not like it's yeah, but yeah, in 15, yeah, yeah. 20 years when he's in there, come back to this podcast and I'll tell you I told you so. so. <laughs> <laughs> my way too early for in fifteen in fifteen years I'll be showing this to my children and being like, see? Knew it. We all call it. We knew it. what we talk about. <laughs> um so I mean let let's just get let's get the elephant out of the room then, because this one was on my list and I I replied to Chancellor's tweet with this, and I said Jair is a future Packer Hall of Famer, and he questioned me on it. Said that it's a little too soon, yeah. and I, I said what I said, Chancellor, and I, I told you that. I, I think I think out of anyone right now that's sitting on on the roster currently, if you're talking about in this like in the scenario that we're talking about right now, where we're talking about in 10, 15 years, will this player be? a Packer Hall of Famer. Jair Alexander has one of the most highest upsides of anybody because right now he's arguably the best cornerback in the league. He was near, he was at least in the top five last year and there's really no signs of slowing down and he's doing it. He's doing it with Kevin King, Shannon Sullivan as his number two and number three cornerbacks, you know, not, not to just rag on those guys, but it's not like he's playing with, a Richard Sherman or a Stefan Gilmore. He's he is he is doing that by himself. He is he is Jair Island, and I just I get, like if you're playing at that level, it, I never see cornerbacks kind of dip away from that. You know what I mean? If you're playing at that level right now without the big supporting cats next to you, it's hard for me to see that that drop. No matter mm-hmm. who comes in or who comes out, you know what I mean. So for me, that projection just it, – it's the it has the biggest upside out of anybody. And I'm looking back on these tweets. It's like, uh, you know, I like the Chancellor at least responded to you and going back. But, like, if Jair's not a lock chance, like, who the hell else is? Like, I don't see how there's anyone else in the roster that would make more sense over Jair Alexander. Like, and to go back what I said when Janelle brought up Darnell Savage, like, you're going to need to extend J- Jair. Like, I think that's a – foregone conclusion especially with the lack of depth at the position for them and um i think jayer is probably the i mean he's probably the best one we've named thus far like i really think he's just he's a special player he's like you said dan top five i mean potentially going into next year like Xavier howard stefan gilmore where he ends up playing Jalen Ramsey, I mean, though, and after that, like, I mean, there's, I can't imagine anyone else that's better than him. So the one thing I will say, though, is I, I think you're a little, like, there are been cornerbacks that have definitely regressed, right? Like, we all can remember, um, you know, Z- Xavier Rhodes, uh, I mean, not Richard Sherman, Josh Norman. Like, there's these corners that, like, will right. come into the league and they're really, really good. But I think, to your point, Jair's different. Like, he's a... Um, 
uh, he, he's not like he's, a, he's an a, island. He's yeah, a, he's an island player. Like <laughs> like when I th- when I think of Jerry Alexander, I think of him as like Richard Sherman as right. um as Dar- as Darrell Revis, like guys well, that you put him on the field, but I think and the it athleticism will help too. Like that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like if you put him on the field with whoever else. He's going to take care of his assignment and he's going to right. shut down half of the field right away. Uh-huh. It doesn't uh-huh. matter what's going on. Like if you're playing at that level, like you don't typically see that kind of talent dip. Like it it either stays it either stays where it is or it gets even it gets projected even better because you start bringing in got like imagine if he's playing with somebody you know even just incrementally better than a Kevin King or Shannon Sullivan on the other side of the field. Like right there that over that makes him that makes his play even better. But he's playing at that level right now. True. I, I think I think that that kind of guarantees that he's he's gonna he's gonna stay at this level. I feel like. Well, yeah. When you got like when mm-hmm. he's getting almost zero targets a game because people would rather just not throw his way. Right. <laughs> I think that really says something to what he does in this backfield. And like you get quarterbacks who don't want to throw his way because they're afraid of being picked off or they know it'll be incomplete. I think that says a lot about his game, and I mean, it, it doesn't seem like it's a fluke year. He's yeah, he's another guy who's on the up and up, and you hope that next year it just it gets better and better. I mean, especially with who you surround him with. So yeah, he he definitely. When I looked at this list on the roster, I was like, he's got to be the easiest choice out of after we eliminated our handful of people. He he just seems like such an obvious choice. All right, Matt, what about your second uh, second player? Well, I'm going to pull. I was going to wait for this one last, um, okay. but I'm going to pull it out now. I uh, Tremont Williams, he is technically on the roster. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> and, dog. and I I hate to do it. It was like kind of like I have a I had a trick in my bag that I was going to wait. Um, and I just pulled it out early, but I'm, I'm okay with it. I think Tremont Williams, like he's a dude that has just been a staple in that secondary for a long, long time. Um, technicality, he is on the roster. I would be shocked if he's on the roster going forward once the <laughs> official start date in March of the season, the 2021 season. But Tremont Williams seems like it's kind of seems like a slam dunk. You sneaky, sneaky dog. <laughs> <laughs> was he on your radar? I want to know if I, if I caught anyone. No, Matt, I didn't even. Th- I was, I was literally. Yes. Well, we were yes. kind of like thinking about you know people. We were thinking about people like recent people to make right. it in, and I didn't even want to touch Tremont because I'm like that's a slam dunk. Like of course he would be in, but yeah, like he's <laughs> he's on the roster. Yeah, like he that's for sure. He has to be a Packer Hall right. of Famer. I mean. He's he's arguably the unsung hero of that 2010 Super Bowl run. He had a play in 100%. every single game. You know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh-huh. I I I I mean he, he just makes sense to this. I mean, as soon as who was it, the Ravens cut him, everybody's like, bring him home. Like this city just loves him and Packers fans love him. And he mm-hmm. is just so much more than what he was on the field. He really just kind of embodies what it means to be a Green Bay Packer. And you just can't, like, everything he does, you respect him. And he, before, like, for a short period of time, before I really fell in love with Jordy, he was my favorite player. So I am 100% okay with this pick. Yeah. I I, I don't think there's any more discussion <laughs> we need to have about it. I think that's that's a slam that's a slam dunk from, from Matt pulling that in there. That's like... <laughs> that's like that's like the kid that says like it's tomorrow because it's past midnight like yeah technically you are correct but (laughs) damn like that's that's a good one matt all right janelle what do you got to top that all right i was actually kind of worried is jordy nelson still on the roster (laughs) (laughs) hey he was still technically active to draft in fantasy last year so i did it i didn't do well in that league but did it so there are technicalities out there but i was kind of worried one of you would take my next pick but i am going with Corey lindsley you know came in 2014 yeah Yeah. man which it feels like like is that a long time is that a short time i can't really tell like it doesn't seem like he's been with them that long but he has played almost every game in these last six maybe seven seasons and 
you can tell the the connection that he has with Rodgers and he's a reliable center. He's one of the mm-hmm. best in the league right now. And I'm really hoping that if we could sign one of our free agents, that it would be him. I would take him over Jones. I think I've said that on this podcast before, but he, when you get a center like that, I mean, he's, what he does is so important. Like he, he snaps the ball to your, your hall of fame quarterback. He protects him. He, the connection is important and it's there. So to see him go would make me really nervous, but I think he's just done so well in that position. And from, I think, was it his rookie year? He came in at age like 23. I don't know if somebody got hurt or what happened, but he came in and he he played really well and he's been solid. And yeah, I, I think that he is somebody who I could see eventually making it in. And you, you forget that who he's lined up with since he's been playing so long. So he's had some studs. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's just looking it up now. You're right. He was supposed to be like the backup he was supposed to be a backup offensive lineman and JC Treader was supposed to be the starting center that year. And mm-hmm. Treader got hurt over the summer in the off season. And then I, I think like, I think personally for me, it sticks out to me because I'm a huge Ohio state fan. Corey Lindsley is just coming off of, you know, a great career at Ohio state. And his very first game is playing against the defending Super Bowl champions, the Seattle Seahawks, in Seattle and you know I I forget who it was uh one of the defensive linemen was talking about you know that they were going to eat this rookie up and he held his own and he's held his and since that first snap he's held his own just like Janelle said he's he's played almost every snap he's like the Joe Thomas for the Packers one of the best centers that we've had um and it just it, it works so well and yeah i i agree matt i don't know about you i i think that he could he's got a strong case right now if if he added boy if he could add a super bowl ring that would be amazing if i could see anyone win like lindsley is up on the list of people i'd love to see because he just puts in the work every single day he's he's a grinder he's grinder. so important to what this offense does with aaron rodgers and like janelle said the connection and everything um yeah, I, I, I love Lindsley in the Hall of Fame. No, I think it's a good pick. Really good pick. Um, I'm trying to look up here. Like, you can't think of anyone other than Frank Winters that's recently been there that was super solid at that position just for the longevity for the Packers. They've had, you know, sprinkled mm-hmm. in guys here and there that have been um, either like a, a bridge gap to getting a new guy or whatever. And I think Treader's been solid. Unfortunately, I don't think he'll be, be coming back. Um, but he has been a huge staple to that offensive line. The offensive line was probably the silver lining of the Packers for the regular season. I don't know about the playoffs, but um, overall, I think enough can't be said of what the stability of Corey Lindsay has been there for Aaron Rodgers through his career. So um, good pick. Uh, he was on my list, but I, mm-hmm. it, to be honest, as we talked about it more, I think it, you guys have sold me on even more than I was beforehand. Um, all right. I'm going to go with one here. I'm going to deviate from what I think we've done in the previous picks. So I'm pretty sure if I, if I'm remembering correctly, all the players that we've picked so far were Packers originally from from their origin. They may have gone elsewhere like Tremont, but they Correct. were they were drafted by the Packers. I'm going to give you one free agent who came in to the Packers recently, Zadarius Smith. Will he be mm-hmm. a Packer Hall of Famer? I mean, right now the last last two seasons he's led the team in sacks, right? Like he he's he is arguably mm-hmm. the face of that defense right now. I, I I think I think Jair has a has a has a uh, a bid on that. But you know you mentioned like Kenny Clark. He's he's very reserved, laid back. I don't think that you could call him the face of that defense. Zadarius feels like the heart and soul of the defense right now. And if they keep playing at this level, you assume Zadarius is probably going to play at least through the rest of his contract. So that's two years, I'm pretty sure. Um, if he keeps up the production like this, and let's say they sneak in a Super Bowl win, or or even if he stays around after that and gives gives let's say four more years of this kind of production, like I, I think I think there's a I think there's a case there for for Zedarius. No, I like it. Um, I really do. I think that the personalities there, like we talked about, from just the way he was with Preston, 
um, this whole snub thing, just the, everything in the way he's mm-hmm. the D train, like he's he's really revitalized that defense to having some swagger, having some fun, not being just so vanilla um, on and off the field and took a lot of the, you know, I've said this time and time again, he took a lot of pressure away from Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers first year together. It was like, no one knew what was going on. The media was drumming up stuff. And all of a sudden, Zedarius and Preston were like, hey, give me this, like, give me this microphone. Give me this. I want all of the attention. And they lived up to it. So um, two years in, pretty solid. Um, you know, the, the 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 going out on the limb, as you did, Dan, not picking someone that's been on the team already, it's it's a little bit tougher. But I think to Zedarius's point, like, he was he was good for the Ravens, but he didn't do anything there that was like completely dynamic that you're like, ah, maybe he's more of a Raven than he is a Packer type of thing. So Mm -hmm. um, I think of all the guys that are not homegrown, I think Zadarius has to be number one. Um, There's a couple other ones out there, but I think he, he right now um, should, and again, this is all depending on what the contract situation is and going forward. But I, I would imagine at this point, you know, I I foresee Preston Smith being gone. I hope so, at least, anyways, because Rayshon Gary is yeah. emerging, and then you have just him and Zadarius. So it's like you would almost have to continue having them both on the team. So, um, good pick, uh, strong pick. Yeah, and you good, almost good forget word. that this is only he just finished his <laughs> second season with the Packers. Because yeah, the way he really came in right away and just kind of took it over, the personality became the face of that defense, and you almost forget that. Yeah, he at one point, like three seasons ago, he wasn't here. He was playing for someone else. And he's just, he really has, yeah, stepped up this defense, not only in production, but also just the the general vibe that he's given off with this defense. It just seems like he helps them have a lot more fun. And when you have more fun, it looks like they play better. So I think it's it's been it's been great having him. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see just because he has only spent so much time here. Will he... Um, end up in the Packers Hall of Fame in the short amount of time. What he's done, will it be enough? So yeah, I think that's that's definitely an interesting pick. Yeah, I think it's I think it's all dependent on what happens after his current contract runs out. If he stays around and plays for longer, I think then that that's that's where you start to get the case. Um, but yeah, he's he's somebody that if he if he does. If he does choose to stick around and he keeps playing at this level, like that's uh, that could be a sneaky pick sitting on the roster there. All right, we got one more for each of us, guys. Matt, give us your third one. Uh, last one here. I'm going to go with Elton Jenkins. Um, I love the diverse, uh, diversity. I love the, um, the Swiss Army knife that he is for the offensive line. We talked about Corey Lindsay going forward. Maybe Elton's a center. I don't think that's the best spot. Maybe he's the right tackle. Maybe he fills in at left tackle until uh, Bakhtiari comes back. Maybe he plays left. Like, he can do anything. Um, his versatility is huge, and I just think um, have a versatile lineman like that, I, I believe in the last couple of years you've seen Matt LaFleur and Gutekunst really value that in the way they've picked, the way they've acquired players. Um, Billy Turner comes to mind as a free agent. So I think Elton Jenkins is a smash. He has put all the naysayers aside of drafting a second-round lineman, um, kind of a guy that you didn't really know where he would play. And I think Elton Jenkins is just going to be one of those guys that, I mean, his – I don't remember the last time the Packers had a def, or an offensive lineman that came in this strong in their first two years. And I'm just really excited to see what he can do um, going forward and what he can do for this offensive line to kind of just piece it together and um, be, be another glue piece. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you, Matt. I think um, Elton Jenkins was on was on my list as well. I, I think for what cemented it for me was the Aaron Donald mm-hmm. game. You yeah. know, oh, yeah. like him, him shutting down Aaron Donald the way that he did for me, like that was that that was that was like the 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 signature on on the case for me when I when I was thinking about this because everything you said is is completely true plays different positions, plays all of them well so far, has just has had no slump yet in his in his young career. Everything they've mm-hmm. asked him to do, he's been able to do. And then when you just think about that Aaron Donald game in the playoffs, like yeah, like if, if he if he's gonna be able to do that against players like that for the next five years or so, in. 
put it put him in. Yeah, I think he definitely this the Packers are very proud of what their offensive line can do and I think that he's just another another stud that came in and he comes in does his job in multiple different spots so I think it showed yeah that Swiss Army knife kind of vibe I love it and put him in somewhere and he's gonna do his job and I think I had no issues with him throughout the year he you know getting thrown into those positions it can kind of maybe mess you up if you're lined up maybe somewhere you're not used to he went in like he knew how to play all five positions on that line. And that's huge. And that could be huge going forward. You know, Bakhtiari being hurt going into the next season, Corey Lindsley possibly not coming back. There's a lot up in the air, but with Elton Jenkins, you kind of have a little bit more security in that line. Yeah, totally. Uh, Janelle, your last pick. All right. So this one I was, I was kind of hesitant on because of what the future could hold um, this next season. We obviously probably don't expect him to come back, but I had to pick Aaron Jones. I think that what he did these first four seasons in Green Bay, it was special. And he is just, he's a ridiculous player. Once he really got going, he he turned into a top five running back in this league. And he he was just so fun with the sunglasses, the sombrero, the swag he had. He brought a lot to this team on and off the field, and I think it's hard like it's hard to think that he probably won't be back. I think that's almost a guarantee at this point, but those first four years that he spent in the league here in Green Bay were just they were phenomenal, and I at least in my lifetime, from what I can remember, have not seen such a versatile running back who can run it, catch it, just do all like line up and do all these things that he's been doing. And I remember early on in his career, I said, if he can learn to catch, he's going to be a serious threat. And he learned how to catch the ball and he's just been ridiculous with everything he does. So it was hard for me to bypass him just because his career will probably be cut here and he'll move on and take his talents elsewhere. But I think he really, he was a special player here and it's hard not to put him in that conversation. No, it's a good pick. Like it's, uh, he's one of those players that I think we've named a lot, but like he would benefited immensely of getting a ring in his, on his rookie contract. That would have been huge for him. Just the way the offense was. Um, Like you said, Janelle, you talk, you go back on running backs that were dynamic for the Packers or versatile. You could rely on, I mean, it's, it's, Ryan Grant, it's half a season of James Starks, it's Amon Green, and that's literally it. Eddie Lacy, but like, I mean, Aaron Jones, for being what he was as far as coming out of UTEP, like, really just, he he was really damn good after the fact. And like, being a late round pick and like what he developed into, um, no, super solid. I, I love it. Unfortunately, like you said, probably not going to be here this next year. Um, I'm no... Uh, contract guru or cap guru or whatever at free agency but i know there's a possibility with the transition tag i believe but far and few between do the packers use tags on players so um i like i like the case for aaron jones though and i think how he leaves will say a lot too about like will he make it or will he not make it that kind of would throw a wrench in what i'm saying if he leaves in not maybe the greatest way so if he leaves respectably I think his case is still there for sure. It's an interesting it's an interesting conversation to have about it because the the, the years that he was I, I think he's he's hurt because he had that year of Mike McCarthy as mm-hmm. as the head yeah. coach. You know, like we it, not too long ago we were having the conversation of hashtag free Aaron Jones. You know where. He's not like he was not being used correctly. And then if if he was if he was being used to his full potential his whole entire career, that it's a it's that's a bigger that's an even bigger uh, discussion to have. But, yeah, that's that's a tough one because, man, like if if there was a way to keep him around and, and and just keep this for even two more years, that's such a dream scenario. But. It means losing so many other important pieces, you know, and you just can't make it happen. But yeah, like if he, if he had another, if he had another two or three years, or even like you said, like if, if they won the Super Bowl this year, then yeah, then I, then I could, I could be 
I could very I could very easily wear those rose colored glasses and say put Aaron Jones in the Packers <laughs> Hall of Fame. He go he go he leaves town as a as a winner and gets to go have a career somewhere else. Put him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a that's an interesting picture. I like that. Um, I'll give you one that I think is I it could be right in the same uh, the same ballpark as Aaron Jones, and I will say Robert Tunyon hmm. could be future Packer. He, I was I was teetering back and forth between Jones and Tanya. Yeah, t- I mean, here's 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 the thing. Packer fans know we haven't had a we haven't had a go to tight end option since Jermichael Finley. Mm-hmm. You know, and before then, Bubba Franks. Like th- those are some gap. You know that that's a that's a wide gap between having a, a, a tight end like that. And Tunyon, as an undrafted free agent, comes in and in his third year with the team, Lee, uh, sets the record for tight for touchdowns by tight end this season. He breaks Bubba Frank's touchdown record. And I think we can – I think everything we've said so far, there's no signs of this offense slowing down or becoming worse in the next couple of years. So like and and here's the thing too. Assuming they bring him back because right now he's a restricted free agent. They I I think a lot of people think that they're going to put a tender on him. I would imagine I I think they put a second round tender on him and they keep him around. I think I think that's a no-brainer for the Packers to to keep Tunyon around. Um but that's you know that's up in the air. If he sticks around for another several years and he keeps up this production, I'm not saying he has to break records every year. But if he's if he's matching Travis Kelsey for you know completion percentage or yards per catch, like if he's arguably one of the top three tight ends in the league each and every year, for me that that's that's a solid lock. Like this this right here, setting a setting a, a franchise record like this, and this is why I almost went Micah Hyde because he has the record for. Uh, for punt returns for a touchdown. So I was like trying to think of like guys that have records in the Packer Hall of Fame that were here for a couple of years. Tunyon is a guy that could be that, where he sets the record and is only here for a couple of years. But if he sticks around for several more years and keeps playing at a high level, Tunyon, I think, has a pretty decent shot at making the Packer Hall of Fame. I like it. I think it's dependent on, like you said, the sec- uh, the, the tender option. Um, if he comes back or not, I, th- I imagine he will. Uh, being that he at this point with Aaron Jones being gone I think we all agree on that he would be the number two option for Aaron Rodgers in the passing game um so help mm-hmm. his career that way the the bar is set pretty low as far as the tight ends I think he does have some sort of personality that um now that he's actually been on the field and been productive um we'll see if that evolves or not but um personally everything I've seen from him um on the field off the field personality production has been great um, give me a couple more years of that. Doesn't like you said, Dan. Doesn't have to be record setting because that's that's a very high bar to be set. But um, I like to pick on Tanya. I think it's um, probably your 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 argument probably convinced me more than going into it. I think it was on the list, like Janelle and I said. But uh, it was a good 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 discussion for him. Yeah, he what three seasons in? He's had one really solid record breaking year. So I think. For him to make it in, one, he would have to come back, um, and two, he would have to continue that trend, and I think that this offense is, they're figuring out a way to use him better, uh, other than like the previous years, we didn't really see much from him, maybe touchdown here, touchdown there, not really being used, but now that he is obviously more expendable in this offense, and you can use him more, and like not only that, but you see him blocking, and he does a lot of off the chart, like off the stat chart stuff. So he he brings a lot to this offense, and being that undrafted guy, it it creates an interesting story for him because yeah, he's having he had such a phenomenal year. Can he do it again? Will he be able to match production from this year to the next? And um, I think he definitely will be the most interesting story going forward, just because of it it feels like you almost forget that he hasn't always played at this level because this year was just such a high year for mm. him 
that you forget it's only been the one year. But he, yeah, he was on my list because it was such a great year that it makes you question, like, wow, he might be one of the top five tight ends in the league right now. I don't know. So, and is it like, is it, is it the scheme that just like gets him open or is it the route running? Like what's he doing out there that is kind of bulking those stats for him? So I think, yeah, I need to see a couple more years of the same, maybe. Yeah. No, it doesn't need to be best in the league, but just solid production and be that reliable target that he's been for Rogers this last year. And yeah, I really liked what I saw from him this last year, obviously, but it'll be interesting to see kind of, can he continue to be that type of tight end? And they they obviously have other tight ends on the roster, so you wonder, will they end up stepping up? Will they step over him? Will he still remain the number one? It'll be it'll be a really interesting season next year for the tight end class. Yeah, for sure. So the, those are our three picks each, so nine total. Let us know what you think about them. Uh, tweet at Chancellor Johnson. Tweet at us. Let us know what you think at Packaday Podcast. Uh, like that, that's that's why I love doing these things. I want to engage fans in this conversation. Let us know what you think of what we were saying. Tell us people that we missed or you know people that you think that deserve to be in there over who we were saying. So uh, you know, please. You think Andy will come on and get mad that we didn't pick Boyle? Should we have thrown <laughs> him in there for Andy's sake? <laughs> Are we going to start getting like hateful tweets from Andy? <laughs> from Andy's Andy's burner accounts. The, the second that we start getting the yep. tweets, you know that's Andy's burner account. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So again, like I said, uh, please reach out to us. Let us know what you think about it. Uh, and like I said, subscribe, rate, review, like the podcast at Packaday Podcast on Twitter. Follow us over there. Uh, you can follow all three of us on Twitter as well. Guys, uh, do you want to let people know where they can follow you and also anything that you want to let the people know about this week? Uh, for sure. Dan, um, they can find me at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore on Twitter. Um, this offseason is going to be fun, kind of reset on football. So got other couple other things in the works. Um, waiting to see those to come to fruition. But um, I feel like of all the topics we come up with, these are the types of episodes where people interact with us most. So definitely uh, we want to hear your feedback and um, get a hold of us. Janelle, where can people get a hold of you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Big Mac underscore four. I do pack a day every other week with these guys. I also have my hockey podcast, the First Line podcast. You can find that at SIA First Line. Uh, I just recently joined Game on Wisconsin, open oh, book what? every Thursday. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> every Thursday at 630. You can find that at game on wi and then i also have my my mental health show coming out soon with brandon bostic i think we plan on releasing our first episode first week of march awesome so that you can find at sia mind game and that one i am really excited about it sounds like first episode will probably be just him and i but then following it's he's got a pretty exciting list of guests he wants to have on so i would definitely stick around for that that's awesome, Janelle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Very cool. out of all the out of all the stuff that we're talking about right now, that's I think the big the project that I'm most excited to see, kind of what happens and how it comes to fruition. So good on you. That's uh, that'll be fun. Um, I'm uh, I'm on Twitter as well at DK all the way. You can find me there. Um, I've got my show on Game on Wisconsin now on Tuesdays every night or every week. Uh, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central draft day where we do mock drafts of random categories. Last week, we did uh, sports movies. This week, the podfather himself, Andy Herman, is going to be joining me and a couple of other guests to draft pizza. So I figured Andy is the uh, the person. Oh, he man. famously, I think, only has a diet of pizza. So I expect strong opinions from him <laughs> on the show on Tuesday. So uh, check us out over there. Check out all the stuff that we're doing on Game On Wisconsin as well. And uh, as always, make sure that you're following us at Pack-A-Day Podcast and listening in the rest of the week. We've got tons more uh, episodes each and every day. So uh, this is this is the time where we get some of this fun stuff out here. So hope you keep listening to us as we get closer and closer to the draft and uh, throughout the rest of the year. So until next time, everybody, carry the G and go Pack-Go. Go Pack-Go. Go Pack-Go. Go Pack-Go.